Father, you are so much bigger and so much greater than anything that we can understand. And Lord, we just pray that you would bring comfort to those who um, experienced tragedy this week. And, and Father, we just pray that you would uh, be with all of us as we mourn with those who mourn. And, and Father, help us to, to do that well. Lord, we pray that, that justice would be done. We pray that uh, you would be at work in that community, healing and, and bringing what comfort needs to be brought. And Lord, we just pray that you would be with, with all of us and be with our nation as we uh, wrestle with these issues and as we uh, look to move forward. Father, you are good, even in times when it's hard to believe that. In your name we pray. Amen. So, as most of you probably know, uh, Kyle is on sabbatical, um, so that means that uh, really we can do whatever we want. Um, so, as we're thinking of, of what we're going to do, you know, the imagination just starts to run wild. Um, so, this week, uh, I'll be preaching on aliens. Um, next week, Mike is doing top 10 beards of the Old Testament, uh, so, so make sure you come back for that one. That'll be good. Uh, only problem with that is that this is live streamed, uh, and there's a chance that Kyle could be watching the live stream. Uh, both of us really do enjoy our jobs and would like to keep them. Um, so we'll go through with the work and rest series, um, I guess. Uh, so what we're going to be doing these next couple weeks is, is really kind of tied to the fact that Kyle is on sabbatical. We want to be a church that, that values work and that values rest. I mean, that's, that's why, we, why we send Kyle on sabbatical, so that he's able to work and rest well. Um, but how do we, as the church, do that? How do we, as, as people not Kyle and not on sabbatical, do that? So we live in a world that views work almost as a necessary evil. Uh, I mean, especially work that you aren't the person who benefits most from the work that you put in. Work and jobs are something that exists so that society can function. You're a cog in a machine. When you meet someone new, one of the first questions that comes up is, what do you do? And they're not looking for your list of hobbies. They want to know what you do 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. What you do to make money to keep a roof over your head and food in your stomach. For some people, work is their identity. It's the place where they have purpose, where they experience fulfillment. And it's a good thing because it does provide those things. It gives fulfillment and purpose. But sometimes work isn't good. It's draining. It's hard it's hard to get up in the morning just thinking about the fact that you have to go to work again. You start living for, for 5 o'clock or for Friday afternoon when the weekend comes. Just can't wait until it's over. But there's got to be more to it than that. What about the satisfaction from a job well done? Sitting back with the cold lemonade, looking at a freshly mowed lawn, putting the finishing touches on a months-long project. When we look at Genesis 1 and 2, we see the world in the way that it was meant to be. 
Genesis 1 through 3 isn't just the nuts and bolts of creation and how God made the world and how he brought life out of nothing. It also gives us a picture of what the world was meant to look like, what sin destroyed and disrupted. We get to see the work done by God and everything in the way that it was intended to be. God created the world with a certain grain, a certain intent and purpose. And it's in living with that intent and purpose that we're able to experience life in the way that it's meant to be. We're able to experience work and rest in the way that they're meant to be. So I just want to be clear this morning what I mean by work. I'm not just talking about our jobs, what we do according to the world, this modern conception, Um, but I want to take a step back and and look at it even more broadly. So the definition that we're going to work with this morning, um, I borrowed this from dictionary.com. It works. I I think this is probably one of the better definitions I found, but it's exertion or effort directed to produce or accomplish something. So when the Bible's talking about work, this is, this is more closely related to what it's talking about. Not just your job, but anything to where you're putting exertion or effort directed to produce or accomplish something. And what we see in Genesis 1 and 2 is that work and humanity have, have always been tied together. If you look with me at Genesis 1, verses 26 through 29, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. So from the beginning, we see as part of God's creative work that he creates man with a a certain purpose, a certain intent to fill the earth, to subdue it. And with that creation and with that intent, God puts man just below himself, but above creation, sort of as as his representatives, as his rulers here on earth. As God's image bearers, we are his rulers on the earth. And so part of that is is work that was given to humanity, given to us to do. Given first to Adam and Eve, but then now to us. And so one way that we are God's image bearers is by working and reigning in the world. So it's not just sitting on a throne, enjoying creation. There's, there's some effort. There's some action that's involved in that. So the question this morning that we're going to pose to Genesis 1 and 2 is, why is work good? Or if, if it's not, how can it be good? How do we live out dominion as God's image bearers? Is this a call for us to 
all go back to Genesis 1 and be farmers? There has to be more to it than just working the ground and taking care of animals. Your job matters. What you do makes a difference. It's part of being God's image bearer. So how does the work that we do today connect to God's good creation? One way that that our work connects is that we are able to imitate God and act as God's image bearers because our work is also creative. Look with me at, at Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So God's creative effort, his forming of the earth, his bringing life and bringing all of creation out of nothing, is described as work. And then humans are given this creation, this good work of God, to continue, to participate in. We get a chance to join in in what God has done. So like God, in in a similar way, we are able to form and fill in God's creation. So just as God was forming and and filling the earth, we get to participate in that work. Uh, Forming is taking pieces and combining them into a whole. So think of building a table. What does it take to build a table? You've got to cut down a tree. You've got to cut the wood down into usable pieces. And then you've got to put those pieces together in the right way so that it forms something that's useful that can be used to eat at and for you to be able to enjoy it. We're able to take these pieces of God's creation and put them together into something that is good and useful. It's also filling. So filling creation has to do with life, and that's like, for example, having kids or, or taking care of animals. Or even think of tending a garden. What do you do? You prepare the ground. You clear away any weeds. You fertilize the soil. Let's say you're growing tomatoes. You plant the tomato seed, put a cage around it, and you water it. You take care of it, and it it grows. You're not the one doing the work, but God is over that whole process, but you get a chance to participate and fill the earth with this life. And a tomato plant, when it grows, it produces fruit. Fruit that you're able to eat to sustain your own life, give to your neighbors, give to your family to also sustain their lives, and also to the deer that sneaks in and eats the plants before you can. But all of those things are are coming together to fill the earth and to participate in what God has started and what God is doing in the earth. Our creative work is also creating beauty where none existed before. Uh, Think about art, like a painting. You've got all of these different colors of paint which are beautiful in their own right. They have some beauty to them. 
But when an artist takes them and puts them on a canvas into a landscape, it's so much more beautiful than the individual parts, than the, than the paint that it started with. Or architecture, buildings. You've got glass, stone, wood. All of those things are beautiful in, in some respect on their own. But when they're put together and when they're formed in a certain way, they create something so much more beautiful than the individual parts. Or even landscaping. You've got all of these paving stones and mulch and bushes, which have some beauty, but when they're put in the right places, it's so much more beautiful than when they're separate. Our creative work and, and how we're able to participate in this is also tending to God's creation, similar to the garden, but looking at two verses, we're going to look at chapter 2, verse 5, which says, When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plants of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. Then verse 15 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So from the beginning, even before Adam was created, he was intended to work the Garden of Eden, to, to keep it, to take care of it for its benefit and for his. The garden thrived because Adam was, was working it. He was, he was taking care of it, causing plants to grow so that he could feed himself, but then also making sure that everything was, was working in the way that God had made it to be. So this would include something like, like caring for creation with conservation efforts, making sure that the deer population doesn't get too high for the environment to sustain, making sure that plants and, and animals are thriving and are living in the way that they were meant to. The work that, that God gave to Adam was also mental and not just physical. He wasn't just calling him to work the ground, but he also gave him work for his mind. You see this in verse 19. It says, Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. So from the beginning, God doesn't just value Adam as a physical worker. God isn't just giving Adam physical work to do. He's giving him mental work, work to, to stretch his mind. I can't imagine that naming all of the animals was easy. Looking at an animal and coming up with a name that fits this perfect good creature that God had created. So from the beginning, God values physical work and mental work, and both of them are participating in what God has done in creation. So as God's image bearers, we're able to participate in his creative work in the world. But work isn't only a creative effort. See, we don't live in a perfect world. We no longer live in the Garden of Eden as good as God made it to be. We live in a broken world that's been distorted and corrupted. So, therefore, part of our work is also problem-solving. So sin entering the world didn't just affect humans' eternal status. Sin entering the world also broke creation. Disease, natural disasters, all of these things are a result of the fall, 
and they're things that, that we now have to deal with as God's rulers over creation, as the people that God made to take care of his creation. So we're going to focus in for, for just a second on, on Genesis 3, verses 17 through 19. So this is after Adam and Eve have eaten the fruit, and so God is, is speaking to them, and he's speaking here specifically to Adam. He says, and to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So God tells Adam, because of sin, because you've done this, work's going to be hard. Your work isn't now just planting seeds and watching them grow. You now have to fight the ground in order to get these plants to grow. You have to fight the thorns and thistles in order for you to be able to eat and to have food. So that means that because of sin entering the world, part of our rule and dominion is also now fixing problems with things that used to work. So how many of you have had a car breakdown? Super common. Happens all the time. Somebody has to fix it. Either you have to fix it or you have to pay someone to fix it. That's one of the ways that we are working and acting as God's image bearers in the world. Is by fixing the things that have broken. Even bodies break. We get old. Our bodies decay. They don't work in the way that they used to. My grandma will tell you that. I mean, I've got, I've got a rod and screws in my leg. Our bodies break. They don't last. And so part of our fight against sin and our work in the world is repairing that, is pushing back against the things that, that sin breaks and distorts. It's also finding ways to navigate issues and roadblocks. So... Who's had a project go exactly to plan with no hiccups and no surprises? It just, it doesn't really happen. There's always something that comes up. There's always something that goes wrong. And part of that is sin and, and that entering the world. And that's something that we have the opportunity and the chance to push back against and to fix to navigate around, to find a new way, to find solutions. That's part of the work that we are given now as God's image bearers in a broken world. So not only do we get to participate in God's creation by bringing order and beauty out of chaos and building good things, but we're also used by God to push back against the effects of sin in the world. We have a capacity to create beautiful things and to repair broken things. And all of this is done to live out our role as God's image bearers on earth. It won't be perfect, but it will be good. And so all of these things together mean that part of our work and, and the main focus of our work on earth is contributing to human flourishing. 
our work is helping others succeed, helping others live lives that are good or better than what they're in. Part of that is, is helping others to get what they need. Think about the reason why we have grocery stores, making products, making food available to people who need it. All of us need it. And the people who work in the grocery stores are helping others get the things that they need. Or helping people even get access to things that they need, even though it's difficult. Think about like some of the, some of the small clinics in small towns around here. It's not easy to work in those places, and those aren't probably the, the best locations, but they're needed there because there are people in that area who need access to medical care. They need access to different things, different products. Uh, Martin Luther took the phrase, give us our daily bread from the Lord's Prayer. And he breaks that down to say that when you say, God, give us this day our daily bread, you're not just saying, God, give us the bread. You're saying, Lord, thank you for the baker who baked the bread, who kneaded the dough, who put it into the oven, who made this bread. God, thank you for the mill that ground the wheat into flour that the baker used. God, thank you for the farmer that raised the wheat that was made into the flour. All of this goes into the phrase, give us our daily bread. Because all of these things are ways that God is working through his image bearers in the world to help other people, to serve his people, to give his people the things that they need. This also means that we get to enjoy and help others enjoy God's good creation. Uh, think about ice cream. I don't know why I'm on a food kick, but ice cream isn't a necessity um, as much as I would want it to be, but it's, it's something good. It's something that somebody makes that I get to enjoy, that we get to enjoy. Uh, or even conservation. National parks, state parks that exist so that we can enjoy God's creation and we can help others enjoy God's creation. The people that work at the parks, the people give money to, to help the parks continue to exist. It's all so that we can enjoy and help others enjoy God's creation. Uh, think about tourism. Seeing the different parts of God's creation, seeing the way that God works in the world. All of these things are, are contributing and, and helping us see God and who he is. So the question that I think arises from this is, what would Duluth look like if every person was working to the glory of God? What would Duluth look like if every person was working to the glory of God? Not for their own gain, not for the things that they can get out of it, but for God's glory, for the sake of others, to serve others. Truly participating in God's creative work in the world, truly problem-solving for the glory of God. So, God made us to be his image bearers from the beginning. He created us to have dominion. And because of that, we're called to live and work in a certain way. We're called to work creatively, fighting against sin and brokenness, 
and contributing to the success and joy of others. The greatest example of this, I, I think, is Jesus. Um, he's the greatest example of a lot of things, but, but in this, in work, we see he was trained by his father Joseph as a carpenter, working with his hands, building, fixing. Many of his miracles, if you think about it, were healing people from the effects of sin, pushing back against the sin in the world. He told parables centered around work and how that reflects the kingdom of God, how work is important to advancing the kingdom. I'm not sure if you've heard this, but often Christ's death and resurrection is referred to as his work on the cross or his work of salvation. And I think that the categories that we've been talking about are, are helpful to apply to what Jesus has done. To those who call him their savior, he's brought beauty and life from sin and death. He's made us new in him. His reign will end sin and decay eternally. His word accomplishes exactly what it sets out to do. And it's through him that we're actually able to do good. It's not the, the success and pleasure that the world chases after. It's not self-centered. But it's centered on God and others. And it's a success that won't pass away. It's true flourishing. It's a truly good life, good work. And the, the beauty of all of this is that in this time, we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 is talking to the church and, and he tells them, he's talking about the body of Christ. And he tells them that they are the body. Some are a hand, some are a foot. But each one is necessary to do the work of the gospel, to truly be Jesus in the world, to do the ministry of the kingdom of God in the world. They are Jesus to their neighbors. It's through our work and through our imitation of God, through our role as image bearers, that we advance the kingdom of God, that the gospel is spread, that people are able to live better lives because of us. So some questions just for, for us to reflect on this morning. How do you create in your work? How is, how is your work creative? How do you problem solve in your work? How are you pushing back against the effects of sin and decay? How do you serve in your work? How are you helping others flourish? All of these are going to be present in, in probably different ways in, in our lives, but it's, it's helpful to think about how are we participating and living out what God created us for, the, the lives that we were meant to live and are meant to live. And maybe this is a conversation with, with your pastor. I know that uh, me, Mike, Paul, Josh, Dean would, would all love to talk to you guys about this if you're, if you're having trouble seeing how this all fits together. So the work that we do here on earth is done to reflect our creator and to fulfill the purpose that we were made for. We were made to rule over creation, to, to have dominion, to care for creation. And this should be an encouragement. This shouldn't, be, this shouldn't feel like a weighty task. This should be an encouragement. Because we do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
by the strength that God has given us to do the work that he has set before us. And so every day, you are glorifying God by creating, fighting sin and decay, and helping others flourish. So next week, uh, Mike is going to be talking about rest. He's going to be pulling some passages from here and and other parts of the Bible to talk about rest, which is good news for those of you who take naps during the sermon. Um, Which, by the way, you can wake up now. Uh, I'm just wrapping up here. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for your good creation. God, that you made us to serve and to work in this world. God, that you have given us purpose. Father, we pray that you would lead us and guide us to the lost, that you would lead us and guide us to the areas that you have called us to. God, help us to use the good gifts that you have given to glorify you. In your name we pray. Amen.